Welcome to another bonus episode of Tim Talk, the podcast, occasionally about the DC animated universe, co-created by Bruce Tim. I am Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, as we have alluded to, or just flat out stated in the past, uh, Cameron and I are both going on not overlapping trips over the next few weeks, and so we're trying to find uh, ways to, to fill the space. Yes. To fill in the content while we're gone, and because we can't leave you guys without, we can't leave you guys. That, you know, a little gift. No, I know. We, we, we try to make sure that we get something out every week with uh, with a few exceptions here and there. But oftentimes these little bonus episodes are easier to slot in in places than a, a full episode, which would have notes and plugs news and, and news and stuff like that in a little more timely. Uh, so what we decided to do was this week we are going to do our MCU ranking. Yes. Uh, all 22 films. All 22 films up to date. Uh, we did i think a short list like an idealized short list maybe during our 2018 review i'm trying to remember when we did that what the circumstance was we, yes. we kind of went through like what would be the the movies to watch going into Endgame. uh we're not doing that this time we are actually just going through our rankings we're going to see where they net out how close they are how different they are i feel like they're gonna be pretty different i think they might be yeah i, th- I think i would imagine maybe we have clusters of similarities at the ends mm-hmm. uh in the middle i think it's gonna be a very a very open playing field yeah. here so it's a, it's gonna be exciting to see um but we do want to do right up at the top here just a quick uh end game revisit uh, yes. as we mentioned last week i have now seen it for a third time yes you have seen it the just, just only the two only the two and probably for a while only the two you have only spent six hours watching this movie six I have, hours in eight minutes i yes i have spent Nine. Less than that because I walked out for twenty minutes. You walked out, and I don't. I'm assuming you didn't stay through the end credits the second time around. I did not. I didn't either. No. I could not stand those people next to me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, those were those. Were I had to get out as those, soon those as were possible. Bad. Yeah. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised. My third time seeing it, I went and saw it at the the City Walk, the Universal City Walk in IMAX. That was actually of all the times that I went to go see it. The That's best a really movie. nice theater. It is a nice theater. Yeah, it was the best movie going experience. Like no one was talking, no one was being difficult. Was, I think we're we're very out good. of that. Um, we've made it past that wall of like the first night is all the people that know everything. The psycho fans. Yes, the yeah. first weekend you have the people that couldn't convince their others to see it opening night yeah. and so you have the mix of the the super fans and the not fans the complete disinterest yes and so now you've kind of pattered past that yeah into like the just the people that the casual viewers that are yeah. take it at face value they don't just they don't need to know anything the, extra the, the curious but not obsessed yes um no so my, my third viewing was uh yeah the most pleasant of all of them not to say the other ones were bad necessarily um and i was actually not particularly looking forward to seeing it a third time going in because after especially seeing it twice i had talked about it so much we've done the podcast yeah. talking with friends um a little bit of talking online you just kind of get inundated with conversation at the movie i was kind of burnt out on it and i was surprised by the time coming out of the third one i was actually much keener on it again I doubt I'll be seeing it again for a while, mm-hmm. um, but I liked it. Uh, oh, hold on. Sorry. Quick early tangent. Did you see they opened up like a, a private bar in El Cap? What? Yeah. I got an email about it. How do you get access to it? I don't know. I think you have to call. Like, If you buy a ticket, uh, I think you have the option of getting a reservation for that area. So what's the next kid movie that's playing there so we can go get drunk beforehand? <laughs> um it's Aladdin, right? It'd be Aladdin, yeah. Oh, we're we're definitely gonna need a drink before that. Yes. Okay. I'll see if we can uh, hook something up. Yeah, maybe we'll have like a blue genie special cocktail or something like Ooh. that. Ooh, kind of fun. Yeah. Ooh, maybe it's made like with mezcal, it's nice and smoky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it just wraps at you. 
There's a little speaker at the bottom. <laughs> it's just, just Will Smith berates you while you're drinking. Yeah. He wouldn't berate. He, he'd, he'd be encouraging. He'd be, like, it's yeah. a good sip you made there. It's a real good sip. Very, very supportive, yeah. the Will Smith. Um, but as I have been telling people after now seeing Endgame for the third time, and for this section specifically, well, pretty much the entire thing, we're going to be talking spoilers mm-hmm. for the MZU, because we're going to talk about the things we like or dislike. Um, but I think I finally cracked you've been teasing time. this for a while so i'm very okay. very excited to okay. hear i think your, i finally figured it out so your laws of time travel as we were discussing uh in regards to time travel during the spoiler special we were trying to figure out does it a, a do the laws of branch realities apply or mm-hmm. is it a looped timeline branch reality being back to the future yes and looped being uh prisoner, prisoner of Azkaban slash bill and ted slash uh yes exactly mm-hmm. you're right slash bill and ted so um, I was under the theory, I, I wasn't sure what to think based on the, my first few viewings. What I've come to realize is this version of time travel does operate on a branched reality method. Okay. Yes, I agree. So. It has to. It has to. So there are two, there's a key caveat to that though. So in most branched realities, I'll back to the future part two. If you go back to the past and change something, when you return to your quote-unquote present, you return along the new branch timeline. Yes. Um, that happens over and over again in Back to the Future, but it's specifically a major plot point in two. Mm-hmm. So the difference in this version of time travel is, I don't know if it's a, it's a consequence of the quantum realm or whatever, if it's because like with the quantum realm, you seem to enter into the quantum realm, and then even I think when you're in the past, you're still technically in the quantum realm in some space because then you come back out of it on that launch pad. But regardless of how it works, when you go to the past and come back to the present, you can't change things or you can change things, but either future you return to was the one you left from. Mm -hmm. That's what Hulk is trying to say when he says that you can't change the future. Correct. Now the problem with the way he describes it is his excuse doesn't really make sense. He basically just says like, Oh, if you go to the past that past becomes your future and your former present becomes your past. He's basically re- referencing time travel from like a egocentric perspective, which is like, it's from your relative point of view, which time travel wouldn't operate that way. Like if you look at it from the macro perspective, it doesn't matter that you were jumping around there. Like a timeline is continuously ongoing. So Correct. his excuse doesn't make sense, but it's basically a rule they define. So the way it works is you go back in the past, you change things, whatever you change does not affect the future you go into. So that is how when Nebula, Thanos, Gamora are all pulled from 2014 and brought into 2019, the timeline that existed, thank you, 2023, the timeline existed before that still exists. But what happens now is that there is a branched reality that will shoot off starting in 2014 that will play out differently with all their absences. Yes. Uh, in that same sense, when they go back to 2012 and Loki grabs the test and disappears, that will create its own timeline. So that at least addresses what happens with those non-Timestone related changes. Uh, this also addresses more or less what happens with Steve, but I'll come back to that. Okay, in addition to that, what the Ancient One, a.k.a. good old Tilda Swintz, is saying to Banner when mm-hmm. she goes back is it's not necessarily that because they remove a time stone, that specific incidence will create an alternate reality that was always going to happen. But what she's saying is 
if you take the time stone, our best weapon to defend ourselves goes with it. Yes. So it's our branch. Yes. Lost its defense. Exactly. So that branch would get f- created no matter what. Yes. So there is now this, uh, this new branch starting in 2012 that includes Loki disappearing. Um, that's one branch. Which would also include the time so being absent. Well, that that could be because that that's the thing about about branches. That could be a whole separate branch where you could have one where Loki escapes and the time stone is not returned. Right. And then you could have one where Loki escapes and the time stone is returned. Yeah. Or you could have one where the time stone is not returned and Loki does not escape. Right. You know. Exactly. Infinite, so we infinite decisions make infinite, infinite decisions, infinite possibilities. But what, basically, what you're saying is the problem with removing the time stones is that it leaves them vulnerable. Not that necessarily that action alone creates a branch yes nor does the returning of that time stone necessarily close off that branch if it were only specifically banner taking the time stone away for like a second a second and then cap coming back and returning it that wouldn't really change anything i mean technically it might create a different branch but essentially it's gonna play it the same way Mm -hmm. but certainly if that time stone is gone everything else that happens afterwards is different yeah because even i mean you can even if you want to be super minute with this stuff even the fact that Tilda Swinton stopped fighting the Chitari to talk with Bruce yes. made a timeline made, of its own. Made a timeline of like its that, own. They, you know, those escaped Chitari could have killed another person, could have gotten in the way of some other plan. Yes. Um, exactly. So, and, and also, sorry, one, one more quick thing, because I also yes. thought about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Hulk's perspective is he, he is under the idea of the loop. I believe because in his mind, yeah, from because he's the only stone that didn't have a hitch. Yes, this is true. So, in, from his perspective at that moment, he believes that everything will still be okay because we're just gonna pop back and pop, you know, pop forward, pop back, and return yeah, them. That's a good point. Yeah, because nothing has gone wrong. He doesn't know that the test rack is gone. He doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't that know that Steve met Steve. That Steve is now a Hydra agent. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't know that any of those things have happened. Yes. So. So that makes sense. Yeah. So, and then. Yeah. Everything is good from yeah. from his mind. So they don't explain it this way, but if you think about what we learned from Doctor Strange: The End of Infinity War, that an only one version of this event, and only one reality, mm-hmm. do they win? What? You keep slamming the couch. Was it that loud? It's loud to me. It's not loud to me. I'm wearing the cans. Okay. Hit the pillow. I'm trying to make my points. I know. I know. I know. Lots of emphasis. I I hear the emphasis. (laughs) So I feel the vibration of the emphasis. It's good vibrations. Um, You're not going to use it. Then I'm going to keep cutting. Yeah. yeah, Keep keep cutting the Batman pillow. It's a great pillow. Thank you, Jeb. Um, Okay. What was I about to say? Gotcha. Hulk, Tilda Swinton, branches. Oh, okay. Wait. Um, Damn it, Cameron. I'm sorry. I had it. I had it all figured out. <laughs> okay, so it creates uh, a, a separate branch. Yes. And then in regards to Cap, mm-hmm. what we've learned, what the Roosters have come out to say is that when Cap goes off and lives a life with Peggy, that's in an alternate branch. And that branch doesn't continue up through the point where he returns. He leaves that reality to return to the primary reality. So again, in the same way that if you go to the past and change things, it won't affect the present. So he becomes, he becomes a fifth dimensional being. 
No. Yes. What? That's what you just described. He's jumping between timelines. He goes into one and then returns in the same way that everyone else does throughout the course of the movie. We don't see him return at some point. My theory is that he must have returned to the original um, quantum tunnel they built before it was destroyed by Thanos. Okay. But so he goes, he does go to a different timeline. He does replace Peggy's husband that exists in the main continuity. He lives their life together. Presumably in that version, he tells her, hey, guess what? They're all fucking Hydra. We got to watch out for this. He's able to like stop that, but obviously other things happen along the way, but he never is, he never takes up the mantle of Captain America over the course of that. Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't even thaw out the original one or whatever, but like, we don't know what happens, but we presume that in that timeline, he doesn't really live the life of Captain America. He just lives a life with Peggy. Mm -hmm. He takes the shield that exists in that timeline, but essentially isn't used back with him to give it to Sam. And then, oh, what I was going to say is, so we know that because every other version of that reality, the snap happens and they lose. Basically, it doesn't matter what ultimately happens in any of those other timelines because they're all fucked anyways. Yeah, the snap is inevitable. Yes. So I guess presumably the only one that doesn't happen is now the 2014 where Thanos is pulled out of time because mm-hmm. he's not there to snap it. Correct. Um, but essentially, yeah. So it doesn't matter that Loki grabs the Tesseract and disappears. It doesn't matter that Cap has lived a life with Peggy rather than, you know, returning to S.H.I.E.L.D. and doing all those other things. Um, it doesn't matter that Peter Quill got knocked in the head and was 10 minutes late to picking up the Power Stone. None of those things matter because they're all going to die anyways, or half of them are all going to die anyways. Yes. Um, okay, I think that covers all of it, right? In the, a sense, yes. The, those are the big plot holes, mm-hmm. like the, the previous changes, which version of time travel do they apply? And then the uh, the the cap thing. So, but uh, Maddie and I were having a, a bit of a chat about this because we were trying to figure out how it worked. His theory was that it was a, a closed time loop, um, but ultimately we came to realize is that that still doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, and, but he was definitely speculating. I think what you speculated that maybe Loki disappearing with the Tesseract would become the Disney Plus show, mm-hmm. um, which is totally possible. Um, but yeah, it, it has to be a branch reality where it doesn't matter that new realities exist. Because what if, what if, here's my theory, what mm-hmm. if Thanos has a twin? Oh, I'm done. Also named <laughs> Thanos. Nope. <laughs> nope, this is not Gotham. <laughs> We're not doing that shit. <laughs> what if he's also Joker? Oh, God. I mean, he'll probably be a better Joker. Um, but yeah, so that's like, I think that basically resolves it. And then, uh, I also did put out a call asking for specifically female perspective on the, uh, lady Avengers shot, AKA mm-hmm. the a force shot. Um, talked to multiple people, including Ashley Clark, including my friend Murray. Uh, and they both thought it was pandering mm-hmm. and a little bit gratuitous. Um, it, I enjoyed Ashley, Ashley's message. Oh yeah, exactly. She used her, uh, her telepathy. Yes. Ex- oh yeah. And use the telepathy to, <laughs> to bring in all the estrogen, which I thought was fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there are two ways of looking at that thing and you can look at both of them simultaneously. It's just like, yeah, it was less organic than other moments. It was a little bit pandering, but at the same time, there are probably a whole bunch of little girls watch this movie who love that moment. Oh yeah. I, I, and are I already so excited about I it. I already see so many photo shoots at comic con that, that are just that scene. Yeah. And that alone kind of makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know it's as I talked about in the the first in game podcast. 
it's abiding by the rule of cool. It's yeah. you, you kind of let go of everything else because it looks cool. Yeah. And, and certainly the, the moments that I was nitpicky about the first time around, especially the third time around, they just didn't bother me as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having seen it a third time, it actually ended up higher up my list than it would have had Interesting. otherwise. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that being said, shall we just go ahead and get into the list itself? So are we doing 22 to 1? 22 to 1. So yeah, we're going to start at the bottom. We are going to work our way up. Uh, as soon as we have both set a movie off our list, that is when we will do a little chat about it. Yes. Uh, so Cameron, why don't you start... And also, us- sorry, uh, you were coming... Damn, I keep hitting the microphone. You were coming in having recently done a rewatch. Yes, I rewatched everything but the first Ant-Man, to which mm-hmm. I have rewatched a number of times and I didn't feel it was necessary to do so. Understandable. Know what this means, though? Hmm. This means I also rewatched The Incredible Hulk. You did? Yes. Because uh, I am coming from not having watched, not having rewatched these since before Infinity War. Okay. So I, I have a bit of time. So I think what this to... means is that my opinions are more valid. Uh, more fresh. We'll say it that way. Yes, valid. Okay, so... This is 22. <laughs> Number 22. Camera, start us off. I have Hulk at 22. Guess what? So do I. Nice. Uh, yeah, having literally just rewatched this like a few days ago, this is the only MC movie that I would classify as... Filler. Bad. Yes. Okay, that too. It's bad. And it's bad on a... Uh, okay, on a, a broad speaking level... Broad page, like, ugh. From an objective perspective comparing to other just action movies, it's decent. Mm-hmm. But when you think about, excuse me, the MCU is just, there's no spark in it. There's nothing in it that sets it apart from other movies of its same ilk or genre. Yeah. And especially because this came out 2007, 8? 8. eight. eight. eight? Okay. So I think it's fair to say that this movie was well into production before they decided to do a connected universe because the only real connection points are at one point, like they go into the S.H.I.E.L.D. database and they use like what is clearly done in post, a S.H.I.E.L.D. screen. Mm-hmm. Like it's the army, not S.H.I.E.L.D. that's hunting down Banner. And then, of course, the teaser at the end. That's it. And then, and then they're kind of forcing it into the world by bringing back uh, What's-His-Face. Thunder. Oh, General uh, Thunderbolt Ross, yeah. played by the awesome William Hurt. Yes. But if you watch The Incredible Hulk, it actually makes a lot of other things very confusing. Um, like, for example, when they pull Cap's serum, or what they allude to being Cap's serum, out of cold storage, it's not like the same doctor listed on there. It doesn't have the same effects specifically as... Um, cap stuff and then also just the whole arc of ross in that movie is to go around and like recklessly empower another person because he wants to weaponize this stuff mm-hmm. whereas his perspective is the exact opposite but something the civil war and they address that a little bit with him like having a heart attack and getting perspective mm-hmm. but really well i mean that that's that was the whole point of the radiation though was banner was trying to replicate the super soldier serum yeah through gamma radiation and that's what created the hulk and so right. it's understandable that ross would want to weaponize it because that was its right. purpose it makes sense place. in the course of that movie but if you look at the the overall mcu i i actually say that if you are hoping for as much cohesion as possible in your mcu you're best off just cutting out this movie yeah this is a better sequel to 2003 than prequel to 2012 yeah and it's it's honestly it's pretty dumb it's like the opening credits like establish but how he got his powers and stuff. And it's just a really clunky sequence. Mm-hmm. And it's just, when's the last time you saw 2003 Hulk? I, I want to say 2003. Okay. I, I, I want to go back to it. I'm very curious about it. Bold move on your part. 
Uh, I mean, what what are your thoughts on Incredible Hulk? You just rewatched it not too long ago. You rewatched it last year, right? Uh, yeah, last year. I mean, the fights with Abomination, I still really enjoy. The yeah. fights with, when it's still human Abomination, I forgot his name. Oh, Blonsky? Yeah, still great. Tim like, Roth is good. Yeah, when you see a human fight Hulk, it's so cool. Yeah. But that doesn't, you know... Liv Tyler is, is Liv, not... She's no Natalie Portman, I'll Liv, tell you that. Liv Tyler is not very good in this. Edward Norton is also not very good in this. Very I mean, angsty. Yeah, very angsty. And just Mark Ruffalo is so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is when we first got the um, the car gauntlets, which is it's always that's a, a nice... Good, that's a good moment. Yeah. It has its moments. Yeah, it, it's, this movie definitely has moments. Yeah, and it's from what I recall, it's definitely superior than 2003, but I, I would say that... You, this is the version of Stanley where he dies. What? The Stanley cameo is. He doesn't die. It's like get exposed to like gamma poisoning or whatever. Okay. Well, I'm assuming he doesn't. He's pretty die. bad. Yeah, he's a, he's a bad place. I yeah, I would say that uh, you gain nothing by watching this movie. Right, and that's why because for the longest time, um, Dark World was, was my lowest on the list. Yeah. But that's moved up. Thinking about you know it it has a better connection to the world. Now. Yeah. Exactly. So I'd say uh, flat out, just skip The Incredible Hulk. This really should basically just be a 21 film list. Mm-hmm. All right. For you, number 21. I have Ant-Man and Wasp. Really? Wow. Yeah. Really? I didn't realize you disliked this movie so much. And, oh, wait. We, we're not going to talk about it. Sorry. We're not going to get to it until I, I mentioned it. Oh, you. what's yours? Okay. Thor 2? I, I, I cut us off. Uh, okay. Yeah. Thor The Dark World. Okay. That, that's my next one. So okay. we can talk about Dark World. Okay. Um, I... I don't think it's unreasonable for us to have it this low. Dark World? Yeah. I think the problem is just the other films are just better. Yeah. It's not bad. Like, yeah. I just rewatched this movie. Um, I think it has a lot of good stuff in there. Um, I think pretty much all the cast is pretty good. Obviously, poor Christopher Eccleston is not given much to do <laughs> with, with Malekith. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think otherwise... Hey, he's a great Hellboy villain. <laughs> Christopher Eccleston is a Hellboy. No, I just feel like. Um, oh, he would fit well in the Hellboy yeah. series. Yeah, um, like you, you could pull him from this movie and drop him in what, Golden Circle. Was that the Hellboy sequel? Yeah, and he would. Fit I, I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. that he wasn't. That he didn't belong there. No, that's a good way of putting it. It. I think it just. It's just kind of whatever. It's not. It's not that great there's some good stuff in there i think the third act is not particularly good mm-hmm. i think there's some clever stuff in terms of them like falling between realities and like mjolnir constantly trying to chase him down um but it just I, and now I, we know why it took so long because it went to the future oh yeah <laughs> well actually no but it didn't i know because that would be a loops timeline which we've established is not how this works right how you established i also had the russos have confirmed it because they have mm-hmm. they have specifically referenced the branch reality yeah thing. well we've also established that the world's round so <laughs> fair enough yeah yeah i mean i don't know what like how do you feel about it um it's still very low yeah it's still not the best but you know i i moved it up slightly because of loki and i think his his connection with thor is is pretty good in this movie mm-hmm. it's the second time we get to see him die yep he, do, he does <laughs> love to die they have, i mean there's a great line in infinity war it's like mm-hmm. oh he's died before this one might stick yeah uh, and the, the cap cameo, I think is my favorite cameo in it's, all of the MCU. It's really, really great. Yeah. Like, okay. So do you, here's, I think the best way to talk about the dark world. Do you think it is deserving of the vitriol it receives? Like people talk about this, like it's a f- terrible film. Do you think that's fair? 
Uh, no. I'd agree with that. Only because of how bad DC's been making films. Yeah. I think if DC wasn't making superhero films, I think it would be right for how harsh people treat uh, Dark World. Yeah. I, I still think it's it mostly works. It's just not that great. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your that was your number... Uh, that was my 19. Or 20, sorry. That was your 19. All right. That, that was my 20s, Thor 2. Okay, that's right. That was my 21, your 20. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, my number 20 is Iron Man 3. Oh, I thought you enjoyed Iron Man 3. I did. Because that's moved up a lot for me. Um, yeah, but it, it ended up not being very high. Okay. So, uh, what is your number 19? Uh, Ultron. Cool. My number 19 <laughs> is also Ultron. I'm like, hey, okay. I'm actively trying to keep track of which ones we've discussed as mm-hmm. we go along here. Yeah. So. I feel like like a dash mark next to it. Um, Yeah, I've got it covered. So, Age of Ultron. Why uh, why does it fall here on your list? Why is it towards the bottom? Ultron, I'll say this. I have never rewatched it. What? Yes. Well, yes, you You rewatched it last year. I did not. You skipped it. And I think back on it, yes. Ultron is the only film I've seen once. I think you should give it another watch. Mm -hmm. But I I will say this. When I saw it in theaters, I loved it. Okay. It was... When I walked out of that theater, it was the it was top of my list. Really? Yes. So why is it now so low? Is everything else been good since then, or everything's been good? And also, I the the blurry hate because that was when I watched every other. I was in the theater for twenty nine hours beforehand, uh, so I had this this haze in front of me, and I don't want to watch it again. Twenty nine hours? hours. Yep. We've had this conversation before. We probably have. Yeah. Every time it astounds me. My, my friend Sydney and I, as our as our rebellious college selves, uh, the week of our senior finals week, Jesus, Christ. we decided to leave campus and go sit in a movie theater for twenty nine hours to watch everything from Iron Man one through Age of Ultron, and it was one of the best days and a half I've ever had. My, it God. was such a delight. It's actually like a day and a quarter. Hmm? Actually, it's a day and a sixth. Yes, a little more than a day and a sixth, like a day and a fifth. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, there were breaks for like food and stuff. To be pedantic. Yes. You said 29 hours. I did. Yeah. And, you know, there's travel time. It's like a day and a fifth. Not included in there. Yes. Okay. Fine. <clears throat> to be a pedant dick. Yes. To be a dick pedantic. Yes. Um, I prefer my way. Yes. Because it's a portmanteau. I, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to watch it again because I still like having that haze, but I see all its problems now. So I think it's worth a rewatch. I, okay. I sat down to rewatch it, um, like not t- like maybe November or so of last year. Made about ten minutes in, and I found the dialogue way too Joss Whedon-y. Yes. Um, and I was like, I can't do this. I obviously went back to it as I was doing my initially strategic rewatch, but then ultimately came like an almost entire rewatch. If you get get past the Whedon-iness, Whedon-iness of mm-hmm. the dialogue. There's actually a lot of good stuff going on there. Um, I think, obviously, the uh, Thor's hammer scene at the dinner party. It's great. After, like, after the party is a great one of the best scenes, I think, in all of the MCU. I love that that happens right before yeah. the Ultron I think reveal. every film has, like, two or three of those amazing moments. I don't think there's any amazing moments in The Incredible Hulk, but there's fine moments. In uh, we we talked about a couple. The the they're, fight they're with, good, with the human a, and Hulk. But they're not amazing. That's pretty awesome. Mm, they're okay. Yeah. I mean, no, it's when he's running full sprint when he has like the the steroid serum yeah. in him. 
but he's they, running full sprint at Hulk, just chucking things at him, and he's dodging like it's yeah, nothing. But they also did that again in Civil War. They did it again in Infinity War, and it's done better. But this is the first time we've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. It's fine. That I, I I think the scene in Age of Ultron is like one of the best in all of the MCU, and no one's ever going to point to the Hulk fight as being like, oh, it's one of the best in the MCU. Yeah, okay, doesn't matter. Fine, fine. fine. We're, we're we're talking cross points here, but I think that scene is great. I love that it happens right before Ultron's reveal. Um, I think James Spader is really good in that movie, and the, that movie had to do so much work. And I think that's why I don't like it because it it feels yeah, so heavy. It's part of the problem. Like you have to introduce. Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. You have to deal with the fallout from the Hydra reveal. Mm -hmm. You have to create Ultron and give him a plot. You have to create Vision and give him something meaningful to do. You're setting up the beginnings of the ideological tension between Cap and Tony. You are establishing that Thor is now aware of this greater threat of the Infinity Stones and have him go to his like shirtless lagoon scene. You start... Iron Man's paranoia. Yes, with yeah, Thanos. The, the Scarlet Witch theme mm -hmm. thing. Also, they they basically completely pivoted away from that aspect of Scarlet Witch's powers. Like in that movie, she can manipulate people's minds. She's basically now just a super strong telekinetic. Mm -hmm. Which I would love them to dive back into her reality manipulating powers a little bit. I'm hoping maybe they do that with the Loki show. I think it'd be or cool if the Loki she show, the the WandaVision show. I think but. it'd be really cool. I know they won't do this because they're too far apart. But if they teamed up Scarlet Witch and Mantis. Oh, that could be really and cool. And how, like, yeah. together, how they can use that power to, you know, to make it even... Get some shit done. Yeah. Yeah. No, that could be really cool. Um, obviously, they're, they're having to set up the fact that Hawkeye has a family and, like, mm -hmm. giving him something meaningful to. That movie Not had... Not enough Linda Carlini, as, we, as every film. Never enough Linda Carlini in this world. Yes. So, that movie had a lot to do, and I think, given all of the I'll pressure... I'll say this, the more Carlini, the higher up on the list. <laughs> the more that movie had to do... The harder it was to make it cohesive. It is definitely not super cohesive, but I think the beginning is really solid. I think the ending is decently solid. The Sokovia fight. I think the middle is just really, really choppy. And that movie feels the longest of all of them, even though it's definitely not. Yes. That being said, I don't think it's that bad. The re like, so when I did my list initially, I broke it up into like broad categories. So like from bottom to top, it's bad, okay, good. Enjoy, love, favorites. Uh, it's a lot of categories for 22 things. But it's, it's helpful to break it up this way. Yeah. Um, so Age of Ultron is the only one that falls into good. I think that movie is good. I don't think it's great. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is. Okay. Yeah. I'll rewatch it at some point. I think it's worth giving a rewatch. I think there's some really good stuff in there still. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Uh, what's your next one here? Okay. After Ultron is Guardians 2 interesting and this is one that's just like personal like Ammon and wasp i have so low for storytelling reasons guardians 2 i have some so low just because personally i don't like it that's fair yeah all right that's fair okay so yours was guardians 2 mine is thor next on the list okay my mind that's coming up for me okay what about you what's next uh 17 is iron man 2 okay um, wait, 2019, 18. Okay, set my 17 is Captain America, the first Avenger. I always forget that you don't like that film because I it's, love Cap. I, I never said I don't like it. That's just yeah, where it falls okay, on my yeah. list. At this mm -hmm. point, we're in movies I like. Okay. We, we are now in the enjoy category, yep. the largest of all the categories. So the next one we, we can talk about. 16 for me is Iron Man 3. Okay, all right. Let's talk, uh, let's talk Iron Man 3. So it is a little bit higher up on your list than I was expecting. Yes. 
when I first made my Marvel list, I hated Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. I hated the twist. Okay. Um, it felt so unnecessary. Not even just the whole movie felt unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but as I kind of grow into the world more, and you see the real trauma of of you know Tony's PTSD. Yeah. And I think that's really important because that is really the predecessor to Ultron. Yeah. Is is that you know gigantic fear? Yeah. Um, Putting a suit of armor on the world. Yeah, I love that. I love seeing all the armors come out. I love mm-hmm. seeing a man. You know, I I, I love seeing a man too. Oh boy, I mean, do I as, ever. As the, the more men you can put in a movie, yeah. the better. And you know, as they say, this is what why a man, I hated that that you know female Avengers moment so much. I was like, no men. There's no men in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we know we don't know. Ant Man could have been in there. I mean, technically, Spider Man was in there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but he's a boy. <laughs> that was my favorite. Um, <laughs> What was it? Uh, when they were still doing the press junket before Endgame, and someone kept asking Paul Rudd, like, "Why aren't you in the trailer? Like, why aren't you in? Why aren't you in the suit?" He's like, "Oh, I am. You just can't see me. You just can't see me." Yeah, I mean, like, I'm that's, tiny. That's so like, good. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good answer. I mean, I, I was making a bit there about like not needing more women, but honestly, if my life could be like nothing but badass women and one really hot Twinkie dude, I'd be super happy. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so Iron Man <laughs> Three. Iron Man um, <laughs> you know, you, you see a guy who like instead of dealing with his problems, just throws himself into work. I was like, Hey, someone on this couch knows a lot about that. <laughs> I mean, under, uh, I, I think more than one person yeah. on this couch. Um, you know, I, I, I really enjoy that part. I enjoy him hanging out with the, the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I liked him a lot more the second time rewatching it. That kid's good. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I just enjoy it. I enjoyed it more than I thought. Yeah, I, I, so I've always been a bit of a defender of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you were the one that convinced me to watch it I know, again. I know, which is crazy. Like, I really like, I actually really like the Mandarin twist, but I understand if you're a hardcore fan of that comic, why be pissed? Mm-hmm. I think it was like a meso on the Weekly Planet basis that, like, what if you went and got, like, to go watch a, a Joker movie and then the reveal, like a Batman movie with the Joker as the main villain, and the reveal was the Joker was just, like, some weird drunk actor. Mm-hmm. And I think like, it would make sense if, like, the Riddler was behind it. Yeah. But exactly, but it, it undercuts the mystique of this character in some ways, even though they sort of retroactively changed that with uh, the one shot. Mm-hmm. But I actually liked that twist a lot. I thought just that reveal was super funny. Um, my problem with that movie is that it's very disjointed. I think that movie is excellent um, up through the Malibu attack. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of good character stuff going on there. Um, that Malibu sequence is just a really great fight sequence. I, again, I love the idea of Tony with the PTSD, building all these suits of armor. Mm-hmm. Um, I like all that stuff, but then it gets very disjointed. So it's like, that's a movie in of itself. Then he goes to like Tennessee <laughs> to try and hunt down these explosions that are happening. That's moving itself. I don't love the Tennessee sequence. I like the kid. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of Tony, Tony not having a suit anymore. Yeah. But what's actually going on there, I find really boring. I don't really care. It's an entirely different movie yet again when he makes it down to Miami. At least that part's kind of fun because it's him like making all these cool homemade gadgets and breaking into the place. I like the fight sequence of him just having like bits and pieces of the armor as I he's fighting the guys. Sequence, yeah. The one guy who's like, no, I don't even like these guys. I'm leaving. I'm out of it. Like, There's some really fun, like very Shane Blackie elements in there that I kind of like. But then it once again becomes an entirely different movie when it gets out to the, the final battle out on the shipyard, which I have... 
kind of mixed feelings on. I think some parts of it work, some parts don't. There's a president in there. It's like, there's, I forgot about that. Yeah, th- there's in in the same way where there's a lot going on in Ultron, but it's all very necessary. I feel like there's a lot going on in this movie, but it just feels a little bit disjointed, like it was a little bit made by committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it doesn't live up to the really cool potential they set up at the beginning. There's you know tons of talk about a lot of production problems in that movie because I think this was one of the last films that Ike Perlmutter, who runs Marvel overall, not the MCU, had a heavy involvement in. Mm-hmm. And originally, um, Maya Hansen was supposed to be the major villain. And he basically like, no, a, a woman can't be the villain. You have to change it. And so like, what I've heard is that because of that is why they did the Mandarin reveal. Mm-hmm. Like I think the Mandarin was always the Mandarin, more or less, but she was the villain behind it all, and they had to change it at the last minute. Which okay. I don't think. And then, and then, what's his face was the red herring. Uh, Aldrich Killian. Yeah. Guy Pierce. Yeah. Also, I love Guy Pierce. Yeah, he's great. Love him. Uh, oh, so um, so Ashley Clark sent us a video, and you you oh yeah reminded I, me of a part of it. I I started watching it. It's a three part series by Patrick Will Willem Willem. Yeah. Um, like the drag queen Willem. Yes, Willem Dafoe, just like the drag queen. Exactly. Um, it's a three part series talking about his problems with the MCU as a whole, mm-hmm. and you brought up a great point comparing um, Ultron to Iron Man three. And his thing was comparing it to the comics. You know, you have these big events that happen about once a year in the comics. Your Civil Wars, your Age of Ultrons, your uh, Secret M, uh, Secret Invasion. Sorry. Yeah. Um, House of M. House, yeah. <laughs> House of Secrets. Yes. Um, so you have these big moments that happen probably about once a year that change up the status quo. Mm-hmm. And then you have a year of individual comics to see how the characters now live in that new status quo. Okay. Only to have it change again. Okay. Where now with Marvel films, we're not get, we're not really getting that anymore. We're back then, you know, after Avengers one, we still got to see basically how every character reacted to that event. Yeah. Uh, and then Ultron comes out and we don't get any more Iron Man stories. So everything we learned from Iron Man is from big events mm-hmm. and everything that happens between those big events is just off screen for him. Yeah. And same with cap basically at that point too. Yes. Yes. We don't have any new cap stories after civil war. And, um, and then even Thor, he's living the Hizzle movie is set away from that universe. So it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. And same with guardians. Yeah. So, so his point is we're getting to a point with the Marvel films where we're just getting big events. Yeah. And so we don't get to see how the characters respond anymore. Okay. That's so it's, it's a just really good status point. quo change to status yeah. quo change to status quo change. Um, hmm. I like that. I should watch that series. Yeah. Like that was a really, really good point. Yeah. Cause I've seen those floating around. I kind of didn't want to watch them going to end game. Cause I just like, I love these. I just want to take them for what they yeah. are. They're also, it's, it's a very long, it's an hour and a half series total. Yeah. Between the three. Mm, yeah. They're, they're all 30 minutes each. Woof. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uh, so Ashley sent us part two. Okay. And that's the, I, I started watching that one and that's where he brought up the point of what I just said. Um, the, we no longer live with the repercussions of this universe. We just, yes. no, and they not. kind of delegate it to the shows. So I, I remember, Oh yeah, I guess they do. Too. Yeah, I remember agents of shield after, um, civil war, not civil war, Winter soldier, Winter soldier. Like that was a huge part of the show is like, fuck, we're still the good guys, except one of us isn't. One yeah. of us has been a Hydra agent the whole time. You know, they like I don't think the show had planned for that. And so they were kind of reacting to the reaction. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, I mean, I was watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at that time, and it was cool to see them deal with the fallout of that. Yeah. And, that's, and that the overall, it's a very good perspective, actually, that we don't ever really now deal with the fallout of these worlds. Like, all the new characters who have been introduced to really occupy their own space yeah. so much. Because his one of his big points was, really specifically, the Pepper-Tony relationship. Off screen, they've uh, broken up, gotten back together, and gotten engaged. Yeah, and mm-hmm. married. Yeah, and married. Yeah. And we haven't seen any of it. Yeah. Because that's between the films. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I had a kid. Yeah. We don't have to see that. that that's on a separate site. <laughs> All right. So we, uh, we covered Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. So Actually, now that I look at my list, those two should be flipped. So Iron Man 3 should be below Iron Man 2 because I really enjoy Iron Man 2. Okay. Um, so I think the last thing I said was Captain America, the first Avenger. Then you said Iron Man... So then you said Iron Man 3. Yes. Okay, so now we're on 16? Yes. So that'd be Iron Man 2 for me. Yours, okay, your 16 is Iron Man 2. My 16, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay, we can talk about Ant-Man. Talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Why is it so low for you? That, that was really surprising to me. It's, it's, I mean, it's the bottom of your list. I mean, it's, it's another one I have, I have to go. I've only seen it once. Okay. And it's a movie, when I look back on it, I realize it's just a movie to set up Endgame. It's you have a lot of villains yeah. that I don't care about. Yeah, it's it's two hours for them to explain what the con- what the quantum realm is. And when You're I look at wrong. it, yeah, when yeah. I look at it from that perspective, that really kind of irks me. Like this could have been, you could have told the same information in like a you know one of the fifteen minute shorts. Yeah. Look, I I agree with that. Um. It is burdened by having to do some narrative lifting for a future film. And apparently, from from what I've heard, the Quantum Realm stuff is the reason Edgar Wright left the first Ant-Man. That's also what I've heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is very upsetting. It is, but you can also see why if they knew that was where it was going to go, that's pretty important. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that maybe they could have done just an entirely different way of approaching time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, still, I mean, Tony figured it out. He figured it out. In a, it's just in, in a, inverse that Mobius yeah. strip and you're good to go. In a fucking Thursday night dinner. Right. I, we won't get into this a lot. I just, I will say this, that I think one of the big problems with the way they handled time travel beyond the, the confusing mechanics, which again, we eventually figured out, but the fact that it took me that long to figure it out means that they probably should have explained it better. Mm-hmm. My problem is that there's not really consequence to using time travel. I feel yes. like in a universe where it doesn't exist, if you introduce it, there where has everything to be. has a consequence. Yes, exactly. There needs to be a price mm-hmm. to that. And I think now that it just exists so haphazardly, it doesn't really work for me. So yes, I agree. It is burdened by having to do this sort of narrative weight. Have you thought about time travel on like a grander scale? Let's not do that right now. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about what we're here to talk about. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've been thinking about that a lot recently. I'm sure you have been. Maybe we'll do that as a different bonus okay. episode. We'll do a time travel dedicated episode. We'll bring in a version of me from the past that's already bored by it. <laughs> um, but I think given that there's a lot of really fun stuff that's still happening in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does address the consequences of civil war. He's under house arrest. And yes. like that is a huge plot point of the movie. So there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Like Walton Goggins character. I don't remember his name. It's like, Sunny something. I think it's, yeah, I think Sunny. He's pretty unnecessary. Um, I think Ghost, I like the background they gave her, and I like that actress a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that by the end of it, uh, both Ghost and, is it 
whatever Dr. Foster, I can't remember his first name, but Lawrence Fishburne's character. Like they're not really villains. Mm-hmm. They are, but they aren't. Like they're kind of on their side. They actually have like some sense of, of moral compass a little bit. Uh, I think Evangeline Lilly is great in that movie. Oh, I as, love her in that. Yeah. As the Wasp. Um, I think Michelle Pfeiffer is really good too. That she doesn't have a lot to do. Um, it, there's a lot of fun stuff happening with it. It, it is a romp that also has a lot of narrative shit to lug around. Yeah. Um, and I, I, and I think, it was, I think for me, it was also burdened again, not having rewatched it since then. I just remember th- not only the pain, but just kind of that weird feeling where we'd seen all of the fun stuff in the trailers beforehand. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it, even as I'm talking about it, like I would be tempted to put it lower on my list. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to stick with it for what it is right now. Yeah. But the more I think about it, I'm like, actually, I think I do like cap one more than this, but mm-hmm. It's, I think it's fine. I think if we talk about those big set pieces, like we like we did with uh, Ultron and, and Hulk and everything, I don't think this one has any... I mean, it has giant, you know, giant man. But that's done so much better in Civil War. Exactly. Yeah. Done better in Civil War, done better in Endgame. When he when he gets big in Endgame, that's, you know, a fucking applause moment. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. So I, I, I actually can understand where you're coming from that, why it's so low. Yeah. So... Okay, so what's your number 15? Thor. Okay, all right. So we can talk about Thor. Yeah. That was my number 18. It was. Um, I think this movie is very simple. Mm-hmm. I think in its simplicity, it just tells a, a good story with good characters. Yeah. I think it's a lot of fun. I agree. So I put it so high. Yeah. Um, That's the weird thing about this. It's like, we say like it's high because we think of these movies as like positively, but it's by necessity low because it gets so much better after this. Yeah. Um, I, I also think this is an essential film because the Thor Loki relationship is the most important relationship in this entire universe for Thor. Agreed. Um, like I think if you boil it, like if you were to get to like the leanest possible MCU list, which I actually wrote up a draft of that, which I want to talk about at the end. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts. I think this is necessary. Absolutely. It is. I think anything where Loki appears is necessary. Yeah. This is, a, I think, a very critical film. I think their dynamic is great. I think it, it really sets up Thor's whole trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, it's, it's simple. It's clearly got a much lower budget than everything else. They have that weird dye job on Chris Hemsworth's beard. But it's also like, because, you know, it's they nailed it with, with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Didn't really nail it with Ed Norton. No, they did not. But they definitely nailed it with but Chris yeah, Hemsworth. Then, then you get Chris, Hem- Chris Hemsworth like, oh, okay, they know what they're doing. And I think this is the one, I guess we had Iron Man 2, but I feel like this is the one where they're like, okay, the universe, it's connected now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all builds together. Like, you know, they they reference S.H.I.E.L.D., but S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, plays like a semi-critical role in it. Like, it, it's all cohesive in a mm-hmm. sense. But no, I, I think this movie's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what it could have made it better, though? What? It's Cardellini. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this bit. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. I'm killing I'll never, it. I'll never be done with that bit. Just like Thanos, I'm killing Linda Cardellini. Don't you fucking dare. Uh, my number 15, Captain Marvel. Uh, okay, that's my 14. Okay, cool. Let's talk Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we did just talk about this twice. We did. Much warmer the second time around, I think, for both of us. It, it, it moved up a couple. Of sp- I think if I didn't do the second rewatch, it would probably be, you know, around Ultron. Yeah. Um, but, but no, it's, yeah, it's, it's what we said before. It's a good film. It is. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's great performances. Um, I think thematically there's a lot of good stuff going on there. It just, it's just 
I think falls a little bit flat. Yes. As, as we said in our first review, and I, I will probably stick with this, it's the safest of all of the MCU films. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm-hmm. I, and I feel like maybe it should have pushed the boundary a little bit yeah, harder. There, they, there wasn't a lot they could have played with or even said yeah. because Endgame was next. I think I think this is one where the the core idea there is really great. Like the most of the movie hangs on the the buddy cop element of Carol and Fury, mm-hmm. and that's basically the whole second act. And I think the second act of this movie is its strongest. Absolutely. Um, you know, in contrast to say some of the other movies we we're talking about earlier, which you know like have good setup and good payoff in the middle, they just don't know what to do with. I think this is the opposite. Mm-hmm. I think it just didn't know how to set up that world or how to pay it off in the end. Agreed. Um, but I think it's good. And again, I really. Really fucking love Brie Larson. I love her in Endgame. Oh, I was going to say, I think this movie also is lower for me because of how they treated her in Endgame. Because she's like barely there? Yeah, they didn't give her anything to do. I know. It's a shame. Well, it's also weird, too, because she's even said this, that um, she they did Endgame first. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Yeah, I think that's why her hair is so different. Yes. Um, oh, I, oh, hang on. I accidentally deleted my list oh did you just delete your whole list i deleted it from the delete uh um, oh, that's amazing uh tits hang on that's amazing i'm proud of you okay we're back okay. i um yeah i accidentally deleted <laughs> my mcu list while we were talking and then when i was trying to recover it i accidentally deleted it Properly deleted, off from, my the, phone, from the deleted file. And I had to like make a hasty recovery off my laptop, but I got it back. But we're back. We're back. We're good to go. We can keep uh blundering our way through this. Okay, so we we had just covered Captain Marvel. Yes. So what is your what was that your number 14? That was my 14. Okay, so my 14 is Iron Man 2. Okay, we should have Iron Man 2. All right. Where was your your where was it for you on your uh, list? Again? 16. 16. Okay, all right, yeah. So about, about the same. About yeah. the same. Um, I think this movie is undeserving of the hate it receives. I totally agreed. I, I think th- this movie's so much fun. It and that's exactly it. It's not great. It's not particularly smart necessarily. It is entirely forgettable. Like mm-hmm. you can absolutely cut this out of nothing of consequence happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where they they just decided to add like a huge connecting point, and fans are like, okay, sure, whatever. And the fact that Peter Parker was at the expo. Oh, yeah. There's like retroactive. Like, oh, yeah, that'd be fun if that's who that is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but, it doesn't yeah. It doesn't add anything. It's absolutely skippable. I just find it really entertaining. Yeah. Drunk Tony is great, especially in the suit. Yeah. Uh, that Monaco sequence is so, cool. so good. Now, admittedly, I think that's... Love Hammer. Yes. Okay. Also, I mean, Sam Rockwell is my favorite actor mm-hmm. of all time. He can do no wrong, basically, in my opinion. He's an amazing dancer, and I'm hot as hell. That's why I'm, like, rolling in my pants. No, yeah, very here. loudly. Yeah, I know. Well, I got to get the good Foley work. Yeah, oh, yeah. I pay these sound engineers to do all this amazing Foley work. I'm going to utilize it. Um, get the sound of folding denim. Exactly. Oh, God. But also, this looks good. This is a, this is a nice look with the rolled up. Yeah, like, it's the Huckleberry Finn look. Yeah, I know. I'm like, and normally I'm not a big fan of my calves, but they're looking pretty good in these jeans right now. That's for you to say. That's, yeah, for me to say and for no one to agree with. Um... But no, I love Sam Rockwell. He's a fantastic dancer, obviously. Mm-hmm. I just think this movie is really, really fun. I think the middle slows down, like after the drunken party sequence when he's like building the, the new metal and stuff for his suit. It's a little bit bleh. And mm-hmm. I think the final fight sequence is only okay, not necessarily great. And I really enjoy the final fight sequence. Oh, okay. Because then it's the you have the joke of the, uh, 
You have the hammer, the hammer missile that they installed. Oh, in the war machine. yeah. Oh, see, that's also a great sequence. You know, when uh, the the roadie Tony. This fight. whole movie is just full of great sequences. Yeah, and I, I guess for me, you know what this movie is to me. This movie is Tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies is by most people is considered a particularly bad James Bond film. That when he surfs on the on the car. No, that's uh, surfs on the car. Surfs on surfs. When he surfs into North Korea? Yeah. No, that's Down in the Day. Okay. Tomorrow Never Dies is from 97. That's when uh, Jonathan Price's Elliot Carver is trying to secure exclusive broadcast rights in China by creating World War III between the Chinese and the British. It's absurd, but that is a movie where every single sequence of it, I am having so much fun with that I forgive it that as a whole, it's kind of a mess. For me, Iron Man 2, the exact same thing. I might, I might even move it up on my list. Now, the more we talk about it, mm-hmm. I'd probably put it, where yeah, I'd probably put it where you have it. Okay. 14. Yeah. Um, it's it's fun. It's so much fun. It's really fun. The the sequence where after they've stolen the, or Rhodey's taking the suit, which is a great fight, mm-hmm. uh, and then Hammer's there just like listing off. Yes. And we'll I guess take the, it all. the way they did that is they just had uh, like a microphone, like an earbud in his ear, and the director was just like feeding him lines, basically. Amazing. He's like, hey, we're doing this, we're doing this, and he's just lifting. And he just, he has so much personality. I think he's in a different movie. I don't really care. <laughs> I just, oh, it's so much fun. Um, how do you feel about Black Widow in this movie, though? Like, because. Oh, high school me fell in love with Scarlett Johansson the second she walked on screen. Of course he did. It was like the sexiest intro of a character. She is very, very sexy. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, but she's not as sexy as Jennifer Grey in Dirty Dancing. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's but not in the MCU that we know of. I headcanon it. <laughs> it's in there for me. Well, I mean, we know Peter Quill's seen it. Didn't he, that's did true. He reference it? Um, no, he references... Footloose. That's right, yeah. I don't think they ever referenced Dirty Dancing. I think he might have left by then. No. Uh, that was 88, right? D- Dirty Dancing's 87. Okay. What year did he leave Earth? I think 86. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He lives in a world where he's never seen Dirty <laughs> he's Dancing. never seen Dirty Dancing. I mean, to be fair, I went almost 30 years not having seen Dirty Dancing, but <clears throat> I will force it down everyone's throat now at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, no, do you think I- when he was on Earth, he grabbed a bunch... Do you think like Peter gave him a bunch of entertainment to watch... To like, get him up to date on it on, on the Earth world. Peter, Peter Parker gave, gave Peter, Quill. Peter Quill. Oh, I would love if they had like a, like a, a Pete and Pete moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do a podcast together. <gasps> the Adventures of Pete and Pete. No, oh. two Petes in a pod. Uh. What do you mean? Uh? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh? I think that is the greatest podcast they have ever come up with ever. Sure. Two Petes in a pod. Yeah. It's a podcast, Cameron. It's a play on words on so many levels. <laughs> if, if Spider-Man was also on the spaceship with them, that'd be three levels of pod, and I'd be okay with that. But two levels, you can do better than that. Pete and a Pete on a pod and a pod? Yep, thank you. I kind of want to find two people named Pete now and just do this. And put them in an in a escape pod? Yeah. Only armed with a uh, microphone? Also, to be fair... I feel like you and I could do a podcast where I'm playing Star-Lord and you're being, playing Peter Parker and it would actually still kind of work pretty well. Yeah. I feel like our personalities aren't drastically far off from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on, Mr. Stark. Yeah, like you're you're like plucky and like enthusiastic and I'm narcissistic and self-involved and delusional. Yeah. We've done it. I mean, I don't want to say it's your fault that we had to go back in time in the first place. It's, a, it's my fault. It's, it's, it's absolutely fault. my fault. Yeah. Yeah. 
like if they really wanted to solve Endgame properly, they would have just gone to that moment. Just got that like, moment and just, just like held held Star Lord back before uh, like appearing in front of Thanos. Yeah, and then the whole movie would be solved. Oh, it's all solved. Yeah, um, yeah. We're I'm gonna go make Pete and a Pete in a pod. <clears throat> um, two Pete's in a pod. Thank you. <sighs> it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, Iron Man two, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, so that was your. That was my fourteen. Your thirteen Captain is Ant Man. My thirteen is also Ant Man. Hey, again, I think this movie is just super fun. It's so much fun, and it's. I mean, this is. We're not quite in the middle yet, or the exact middle yet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Ant Man is is great. I think Paul Rudd, super charismatic, mm-hmm. very charming. The advertising for it, as I brought up, as I brought it up oh, before yeah. the podcast, the the commercial where it's just. Because it's a movie that's really hard to advertise, mm-hmm. and they just decided to fuck it. We're not. Yeah. And so it's Michael Douglas and Paul Rudd slapping each other's arms and legs, saying "Ant" over and over again. So good. Is perfect. Good. Like, I I think it's just great characters, really fun story, mm-hmm. very simplistic. And it, it was the pal- It was the first of the palate cleanser movies. Yeah. And I think it works really well. Yes. As a as a post Ultron palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. Super fantastic. Yeah. Um cuz again, it's what is happening everywhere else while the status quo changing is happening. Exactly. Yeah. All right, what's your number 12? Uh 12 for me is Cap 1. One. Cap 1. All mm-hmm. right, let's let's talk Cap 1, which I am considering Putting higher up my list, but I'm sticking. To, I'm sticking to my guns and keep. This the list. is is how I love Cap One. I love it. I think the third act for me is a little bit of a letdown. Okay. Um, I think uh, him talking to Peggy as he's about to crash is maybe the most emotional part of the entire MCU for me. Uh, see, for me, it's when he's talking with Peggy in the hospital in Winter Soldier, and she has her Alzheimer's moment. Yeah. That that actually did make me bro cry. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you, is any, does anyone in your family have Alzheimer's? It does run in the family. I haven't dealt with it a lot directly. I actually knew three of my great grandparents, which is pretty crazy. You lucky like bitch. like I mean, they all passed when I was probably like a teenager, like a little before that even. So like I mean, I had a good like I remember them. Like I engaged them, and towards the end, they all had a little bit. Um, my family has like all of. Those diseases, we get like Alzheimer's, cancer, arthritis, mm-hmm. you know, various there, acid reflux, stomach things. I, I describe my genetics as like a golden retriever. Like they've, there's not a lot of genetic diversity in my family. Mm-hmm. If you look at my blonde hair and blue eyes, that would be a pretty solid indication. So it's kind of like golden retrievers when like once they get to eight years old, they just get bombarded with a whole bunch of stuff because they just like don't have the genetic diversity to like not get sick and die. That's me. There's I'm like a, an eight-year-old golden retriever. There's an, there's an episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns goes to the doctor for the first time in mm-hmm. a couple of years, and they they make this joke, and it's stuck with me for so long because that's how I feel about my myself internally. And it, the, the joke is like, imagine your body as an open door, and all these diseases decided, I know what you're talking yes, about. decided to come in at the exact same time, and they're all just stuck there. Yeah. And so you're healthy, but... They're all here. Yeah. And he thinks he's invincible. He's like, no, 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 no. That's not what I said. I've seen the slightest push could knock all of them in and kill yeah. you. So I'm invincible. I'm invincible. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel about myself constantly. I totally understand that. Um, but okay. Yeah. But I, no, I, I agree with you. I think that scene of him going to the water is really, really heartwarming. Mm-hmm. 
maybe I feel like this should breaking, be breaking, not warming. Thank you. Well, it's no, it's heartbreaking and heartwarming. Okay. It's very sweet. I feel like this should be higher up my list now. I think about it. Mm. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, like I said, this is this, the movies above Cap are all amazing movies. Yeah, this is the like. I want to put this as high as I can. Yeah, I, I feel like because I'm, I am a huge Cap One. I know a lot of people don't enjoy Cap One as much as the other films, but I support this movie so much. Mm-hmm. It's it's really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they really nailed it with casting between him and Peggy. Yeah, oh, the casting is so good. You could even got cantankerous old Tommy Lee Jones in there. That's right. Um, but I mean, even and even uh, the Tooch. I was gonna say Stanley Tucci as Doctor <laughs> Erskine is so good, so funny. Sebastian Stan's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I I love up through, especially when they uh, like they do the transformation and he does the um, oh God and that music cue right when they yeah, open the um, when they open the doors. Oh God, I know. And just, yeah. She goes to grab the chest. I would. <laughs> it's such a great moment. Uh, she, that was like improvised too. Like, I'm was sure just, it was. Yeah, it's like her like wanting to do it. Understandable. Um, I love the Star Spangled Man sequence. I think it's super fun. I love that he then like converts that costume into like an actual military uniform. I love that attack on the Hydra base. Mm-hmm. I think for me, after that, it starts to slip into a little bit of a generic film. Um, and maybe that's why it's a little bit lower on my list. Because I, I, I don't yeah. think the third act is great. I think it, it loses its momentum in favor of just like having to kind of resolve stuff. Yeah. But I still think it's excellent. And, and I think too, it's just... The other caps are so good. This one's all kind of okay. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, but I know it's great. So wait, that was your number 12, right? Yes. Okay, so my 12 is Avengers Endgame. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You haven't said the one yet, so what's your 11? My, yeah, mine's coming up. Uh, 11, right dead center of the middle of the pack, uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, my number 11 is Black Panther. Okay. Have you said Strange yet? No. Okay. It's higher up. Um, okay, my 10 is Black Panther. Okay, let's talk Black Panther. Mm-hmm. We're now in the top 10 for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, I haven't read my 10 yet. So, um, it's great. It's so good. It's really good. It's it's so much better than anyone expected it to be. Yeah. Um, it has the most, like, specific identity mm-hmm. to it. Like, the, it has so much personality. Yes. Like, yeah. I could, I could, you could take a frame of most of the other MCU films. I probably wouldn't be able to tell you what movie it's from. Yeah. But I feel like with Black Panther, every single frame I could tell you is from Black Panther. Yeah. No, I, I agree with all of those things. Again, casting across the board, they always <laughs> do a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Um, Killmonger is one of the best villains oh, in, the, yeah. in the MCU. I would, top three. Yeah. At four. Yeah. Yeah, Thanos is up there now. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think this movie is excellent. I, I guess, yeah, I mean, at this point, we're basically trying to differentiate between a whole bunch of movies we really, really like. like yes. this, so this is towards the top of my enjoy list. It's uh, at number number nine for me is where it switched over to the, the movies that I love. Um, I just think this is a really, really solid film i don't think the the storytelling is necessarily super groundbreaking mm-hmm. but i think everything it's putting on screen um is completely new and different and great yeah and you know it, it's the same problem that most marvel films have or origin story films have where it's just fighting a mirror mm-hmm. um and that's my least favorite part of the film is when killmonger puts the suit on yeah up until that point if, if they got rid of that scene this movie would be much higher for me i think that's fair yeah i feel like they thematically 
of kind of all of the villains that are in a mirrored version, this one sort of makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. But because it's been done so many times, it loses its significance a little bit. Right. It's still great, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number 10, Spider-Man Homecoming. So good. Uh, mine's still a little higher for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my nine is Endgame. Endgame. All right. I mean, we've talked this to death. Talked to death. Um, but like, like I said, this ended up being higher up my list uh, after having seen it the third time. Mm-hmm. It's only this high on my list because of the third act. The third act is pretty spectacular. If, if the third act, because I this moved so much on my list, I couldn't yeah. place this one. It's it's a hard one to pin down. It is as a whole, I'd put it lower, but just for the third act, it's up here. Yeah, and it's unique in the MCU in that, of course, it is a final chapter, and as we've talked about, I think they were focused primarily on delivering fan moments and things people had wanted to see up at this point rather than maybe being innovative in their storytelling. Yes. Um, and I think at this point, part of the problem too is, you know, you're now talking about what do you, how do you make a new character arc for someone when it's their sixth point, right? Like they even talk about Thor. Make him fat. Make him fat, right? Because, you know, in... in Iron Man, make him skinny. Make him a dad. Yeah. Give him a dad bod. <laughs> yeah. you know, Cap, give, shave the beard. Oh, such a waste. Such a waste. In, Hope in, they saved those beard hairs. Oh, of course they did. They're yeah. super powered. In yeah, Infi- they just gave them to Superman's mustache. <laughs> I like it. In a, uh, you know, Infinity War with you know Thor, for example, his he was on a path of revenge. So this time, like, well, how do we push him that much further? And so I, I think you start to lose momentum a little bit in some of the characters. But that being said, it's still it's really well executed. Mm-hmm. So okay, your nine. My number nine is Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Still a little higher for me. Mm-hmm. What's your number eight? Spider-Man Homecoming. All right. Let's talk Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, it's hard to make a better villain than this. It's a great villain. Yeah. My, Michael Keaton does such a good job. Uh, character very well written. Mm-hmm. Excellently performed. Yes. Great twist. Michael Keaton loves working with wings. He does. He loves, yeah. yeah. Or creatures with wings. Exactly. Got those bat wings. Got those bird, bird wings. wings. Got those yeah. vulture wings. He's yeah. got it all covered. Um, actually, yeah, if you think about it, he's got two characters with bat imagery, mm-hmm. Beetlejuice and Batman, two characters with bird imagery. Yeah. He, he has a theme, he has a theme he has to go through. And then one where he runs a hamburger tycoon. Yeah. And, uh, in Dumbo, he's also kind of a tycoon. It's true. Yeah. I'm sure they sell hamburgers there too. Also, I think one of his most underappreciated roles, the other guys as the the squad captain yes who also works a side job at the bed bath and beyond and somehow unknowingly is constantly quoting tlc it's such a random bit and i love it no but i i think he is one of the best villains in the mcu um we absolutely understand where he's coming from because he's right yes you know he is just trying to do his job and then tony comes in the guy who created this mess is now the one profiting off of it that's a really fucked up situation a very real situation too yeah uh, the fact that he goes out of his way to play things low key for somewhere between six and eight years, <laughs> depending on if you're the writers or if you're an observer. That's right. Um, I, I think that's, he's a great character. I, I think the reason this is a little bit lower for me is not to the same extreme level as say Iron Man three or age of Ultron, but it does feel like a movie of different parts. Okay. And I think in doing that, it kind of loses momentum a little bit. It's like, it's kind of going, going, going. And then there's a DC sequence. There's a fairy sequence. It, it's, it's broken up in a way. It's a little bit, it doesn't have a nice, really clean linear through, which holds it back for me. But, you know, at the same time, Tom Holland is 
excellent. He's amazing. He's excellent as Spider-Man. He's so just adorable on screen and off screen. Yeah. Uh, my friend just enlightened me to an interview with him where he's with, Anth- I think, yeah, he's Anthony Mackie. Um, and he, Anthony makes some comment. He's like, oh, I haven't even seen the Spider-Man movie. And Tom's like, oh, I haven't seen the, the Falcon movie. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. I love it. But I mean, again, I think it's a great film. Um, excluding Into the Spider-Verse, the best Spider-Man movie. Agreed. Hands down. Mm-hmm. Easily. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about this movie. Everyone's no. great. Ned is great. MJ's, oh, he's M- so good. Yeah. Uh, MJ, even though we didn't know she was MJ. Yeah. E- except we kind of did. Hot Aunt May. Oh, man, Hot Aunt May. Happy Hogan, always mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Can't wait for the next one. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. Okay. Um, so that, was, had, so that was your that number. That was my eight. Okay, so What's my number eight is Doctor Strange. Okay. Which you're not going to talk about. You you came around on Doctor Strange. I guess I must have. I don't... Because I feel like before... Because you rewatched it recently. Yeah, I just re- I It was one of the movies... I watched the critical films up to Infinity War, and then after the fact, I'm like, well, let's go back and rewatch the other ones. Mm-hmm. Which included um, Doctor Strange. I think that movie is excellent. It's it's another palate cleanser film. It absolutely is. It was after is. Civil War. Uh, it's very it's its own distinct thing. Yeah, it's basically the same story arc as Tony from Iron Man One. Visually, that movie is spectacular. Uh, a fantastic score from my personal favorite, of course, the great Michael Giacchino. Yes. Um. Yeah. I just it's it's super high up there for me. I, I rewatched it again. I'm like, I love this character. I love this movie. I love Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's great. Uh, the visuals are un, really unparalleled. Yeah. It's so pretty and out there. Super high up my list now at this point. Mm-hmm. Way, way up there. So, Tilda Swinton. Right? Uh, T. Swiltz? T, yeah, T, yeah. I can't say T. Sweezy because that's Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Ugh, Taylor Swift. Um, all right. What's your number seven? Uh, my seven is Ragnarok. All right. We've talked about Ragnarok so much. I know. Also, we're, we're tired. It's so good. We're like, we've been recording a podcast for like <laughs> over three hours at this hey, point. no, we're fine. We got energy. <laughs> Ragnarok's amazing. Again, it's visually, it, it's another movie, like I said, with Black Panther. You could take any frame of Ragnarok and it, you see how distinct it is compared to the rest of the, yeah. of the MCU. It's gorgeous. It's super, super fun. Could he um, use a little more Taika Waititi, but, you know, everything, what we got. Always, everything always can use more Taika Waititi. Yes. Um, no, I mean, I, if there's a possibility of getting another movie with Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, and Taika Waititi together, I'm all on board. Do you think he, he'll, he'll have a cameo in Men in Black? I hope so. I, I don't think he will, but I really hope he does. I hope he does. I mean, they've already got the like alien with a really fantastic funny man covered with Camille Nanjiani. Mm-hmm. But I just want a bit where we find out that um, Taiko Titi is an alien. Yeah, I'm down. Where they that. like they'll, they'll just like walk by each other. It's like, I, hey, Taika. He's like on the monitor of like celebrities. Yeah, like they had in the first one. I'm totally on board with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, super funny movie. Funniest in the MCU, I'd say. Oh, agreed. And just a total, uh, just a blast, a total romp. Okay, so that was your number while, seven. While still, it's it's funny and out there while still being part of the core story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's still a critical film, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and Goldblum. And, oh, yeah, fucking space, space Goldblum. So yeah. Uh, that was your number seven, right? It was. All right, so my number seven is Guardians 2, which that was super low for you. Where was that? That, that was 18 for me. <laughs> 18, wow. So what? That's a 10-point switch. What don't you like about it? I just, 
I don't know. It's I rewatched it re- right before Endgame. I rewatched that one mm-hmm. actually, and I just don't really care about any of the characters. Okay. Like I love I love uh, Child Groot. He's adorable. Well, yeah, little baby um, Groot. I don't really care for the the dad son relationship stuff. Uh, Gamora for ninety percent of the movie is not doing anything. Drax isn't doing anything. Rocket's not doing anything. No one is doing anything for the whole. Basically, the opening sequence is great. Yeah. Um, and then they land. They get in a fight, and then no one does anything for like an hour. For like an hour and a half. Yeah. And then you have the final sequence, which is cool, but you now have a super overpowered Star Lord who that's not his stick. It's he's witty and crafty. Yes. And when you just give him new powers, that really undermines his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, Look, I mean, I, Mary Poppins scenes was great. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with any of those things. Um, I also just rewatched it again and it kind of like a Dr. Strange for me too. Like a pretty massive swing going back. Like it used to be lower. Now it's much higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is my daddy. issues coming out. <laughs> it might, it very well may be actually. And I could, the, I think, my daddy issues is part of the reason why I like this movie so much. You just want to play catch. Uh, no, I don't want to play catch. Actually, that's that's I have no athletic prowess. Um, no, but it's it is definitely helped by a fantastic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And as I have often said, the key to winning me over in a movie is great music paired with great visuals, which this does a few times over. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you that not a lot happens in the middle there. It gets kind of slow. Uh, it's actually a lot of the stuff with Yondu that ultimately makes it work for me. Going back and rewatching it, I really like the sequence where they break out of the uh, the Ravager ship mm-hmm. with him and Groot and Rockets. Um, uh, what's that great song that they play right there? I'll think of it. But it's, the music there is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, the whole whistling stuff is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I think you and I were talking about this recently that – we were talking about on the Endgame podcast that the most emotionally effective death in the MCU for me is Yondu's. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely helped by the fantastic Cat Stevens song at the end there. Um, and I, so I figured out what it was that made this one work for me. And, and obviously sometimes the circumstances around which we watch a movie make a big difference. So the first time I liked it, second time I watched it, I rewatched it, um, about like a year ago. Well, no, we were watching like, doesn't matter. I guess like Christmas time, maybe like 2018 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had just been home and seen my uncle. And I know you know this. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast, but my, my uncle, who's like my dad's best friend, like my, basically my second father, has ALS. Um, and he's, you know, basically limited to being in bed now and uses like the, the eye. I don't know what it's called, the see and speak thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, he's just an incredible person and, like, has, like, kind of found a way to adapt in the situation. But, you know, there was a period there where we were basically convinced we were going to lose him. And it was right around the same time that that happened and he recovered from it that I rewatched this movie. And so as I'm watching it, I'm basically watching a movie all about losing a father figure at a point where I thought I was about to. Mm-hmm. So the combination of that had this big emotional effect on me. And so I think now I still bring that with me every time I go back to it. Um, I think it's part of the reason why it works for me so well, but yeah, gotcha. the, the, the ending for me that really works like mm-hmm. the, the final shot of rocket crying, I think especially is like really pretty yeah. crazy. So, so yours is, is more based off circumstance. 
Yeah, but mm-hmm. I think and, and, it's, and it's a good movie. Yeah, I think objectively too, it's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, what's your number six? Six Guardians one. Guardians. Okay, all right. Uh, my number six is Infinity War. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, your number five. Uh, Civil War. Okay, my number five is the Avengers, the first one. Great. We're gonna get there. There's not much left. Yeah. Uh, my four is Iron Man. Okay. Which I think is your one. My four is Civil War. So we'll talk about Civil War. Then. We're talking Civil War. Uh, it's fucking great. It's so good. Yeah. You want to talk about like big fucking action sequences? Yeah. The airport sequence and until Endgame, the the um, airport sequence was unparalleled. I I still think that Civil War and Infinity War have better battle sequences. Obviously, the endgame sequence is just like so crazy. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's the scale is a little bit too big. Yeah, choreography-wise, there's nothing in Endgame. Yeah. It's just well, see that person, there they yeah. go. See it's, that person, there they yeah, go. Yeah, it's still really well choreographed. And like visually, it, there's great continuity. But I think for me that the those other two movies set the stakes super high, mm-hmm. but keep the focus pretty tight. Yeah. Endgame is one of those where I'm gonna watch it mm-hmm. when I when it comes out on on release. I'm going to pause it and just, like, look for things in the background. Yeah. Like, it's one of those sequences. Yeah. Um, but, no, Civil War, like, I think when I get into my my top films here, there's basically two things. There's two types of movies in the top there. Mm-hmm. It's either movies that have a really tight, focused, linear storyline, are very simplistic in their structure, but are, are boosted by really good storytelling and characters and action moments and stuff. Mm-hmm. There are those movies, and the other movies are how are these movies so good for being how complicated they are? And I think Civil War is one of those where that is a lot of work they're doing. I went into Civil War very skeptical coming mm-hmm. out of Winter Soldier. I mean, like you have to set up, you have to resolve the Winter Soldier arc. You have to... And especially to, coming out of Ultron. Especially coming out of Ultron, There's only, only yeah. one movie apart. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you kind of get this feeling like, oh, they're ha- they're not really doing great maintaining these complicated storylines. And this time they really, really nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um very complex story. It war- it goes out of its way to create a situation that feels very plausible in terms of pinning Tony and Cap against each other. Yeah. Um, and that last fucking fight where it's uh, uh, Cap and uh, Bucky. Bucky fighting Iron Man, passing the shield to each other. It's amazing. It's so good. And, you know, I, I think there are some movies that will have two acts that are relatively slow getting to a really big third act. You're looking at Endgame, you're looking at Rogue One, and there are other movies that will have their big action set piece be in the middle and then have a tighter character-focused finale. And I think Civil War is one of the best examples of that possible where that that airport sequence is the showstopper, but my God, that final fight is the emotionally resonant one. Mm-hmm. And like, are I mean, you know they're not going to kill each other, but you're like, man, are they going to kill each other? Yeah, like they're going at it. Yeah. And it's it's so well shot and so well choreographed. Yeah. It's and the fact that they were able to squeeze in like that money shot cover of yeah. the Iron Man repulsor oh, rays man. on the shield, it's incredible. I, that is an exceptional movie to me. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so what's your number three? Uh Avengers One. Avengers One. All right. So we're now talking the Really like top four. Oh, sorry, no, we're still at four. Yeah, my four was Civil War, that's why we talked about it. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Aven- uh, Avengers is three for me. Really like any of these top five could be number one. Like it's such oh, a thin. Oh yeah, it's, it's very. It really depends on the day of. It's where very very they close. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, this movie super fun. Again, kind of slow through the first two acts, but that third act is spectacular. Great character mm-hmm. moments, and I think. Wait, is Avengers the same for you? 
Three? Uh, no, mine was five. So I already oh, covered okay, it. So that's okay, what we're talking about. Okay, okay. yeah. um, and I think it's it's Joss Whedon without getting too Joss Whedon y. Mm-hmm. But I love my Joss Whedon. I know. It's great. Yeah. I was super happy when we revisited in Endgame. It's, that's so fun. Mm-hmm. Just seeing the, what do we call it? The, the PA footage. Oh, just like yeah. PA just like the, on Snapchat. The, the background stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's, my, it's the first, yeah. my first. number three, Guardians 1. Okay. Um, that, was my, that was six for me. Yeah. Again, for me, this falls into that tight, clear, linear, focused storytelling, propulsive, Lots of great characters, great music. It basically is delivering all the things that I want out of a, a good movie. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Amazing music. Oh, God. It, it's kind of the first one that we had like that. Because it, it, Guardians 1 came up before Baby Driver, right? Yeah. Guardians 1 was 2001. 2014. Yeah, I was way off. Way off. Guardians 1 was 2014. Uh, Guardians 2 and Baby Driver were both 2017. Okay. 2017, great year for music and film. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I would say before Baby Driver, this was the best music film I'd seen. Yeah. Uh, like a, a non-musical music film. Yes. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Okay. You're number two. Uh, my number two is Infinity War. Okay. Uh, so we're going to talk Infinity War then. Mm-hmm. It's fucking ex- excellent. It's uh, a near perfect film for me. I would agree with that. Like there, There's yeah. a bit of a lull with the Soul Stone stuff. But even then, like, there's still a big emotional hook in there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, having every character there, it's so... Every character has something to do. Yeah. They handle, as I talk about constantly, they handle their powerful characters correctly. Mm-hmm. They're there when they need to be, and when they're not there, there's a reason they're not there. Yeah. They're not just fighting water. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I think for me... Infinity War is probably their peak in terms of complex storytelling and execution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I, get, I think Avengers, again, is a little bit more streamlined. Linear and streamlined yeah. so a little bit more. But I mean, Infinity War is so good. Every time I watch it, I just watch it twice, more or less, like back yeah, to back recently. Like, and it's so good. Comparing it to Endgame, as I, I've told a few people, like I could rewatch Endgame, I could rewatch Infinity War pretty much every day. Yeah. And it'd, be, it'd get boring after a while, but. The first like five days, I would still love it just as much. So good, and I can't do that with Endgame. No, I just can't either. It's just a bit too much of a slog. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that was your number two, right? It's Infinity yeah, War. It's all yours. right, so Iron Man. My yes, so my number two is in fact Iron Man, which means we have the same number one. Yeah, as we expected with the Winter Soldier. So mm-hmm. let's talk Iron Man real quick. Yep. Um, I mean, basically the reasons I've laid out before is the reason I love this movie. It's focused on character, very clear storytelling. Um, lots and lots of fun, great moments all the way through. It's quite Bondian in a lot of ways too, which mm-hmm. is also a key to my heart. I just think it's, it's just an excellently constructed movie. I just rewatched it and it really, really holds up. Agreed. Um, I really don't know much more to say than that. It's just, we, we've talked about it so yeah, much for a reason. It's up there with those movies that I will just keep coming back to again and again and just I will never get bored of watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, like the 2009 Star Trek reboot is like that for me. Um, and we had, you know, almost 10 years of superhero films before this, but yeah. this really started a new page for everything. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's, excuse me. It's excellent. So number two. And then of course we share number one with the winter soldier. Yep. It's, it's hard to beat. 
It, it's, no, it, it's it really is as perfect as a superhero. Not even a superhero, as like a adventure film can be. It's exceptional storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cap's a great character. I think it is so interesting to watch him be put in this very morally compromising situation. Um, I mean, if you look at how it breaks down, it's like he starts out being basically played under the table, more or less, mm-hmm. by Fury. He's not sure why. He is at odds with Fury about how they both want to approach protecting the world. He then realizes that the organization that he's he put works all his for, faith in, yeah, is evil. But then, even at that, Fury is still on his side, but at one point was also in favor of this thing. Like th- there are so many different angles going on here. I think Black Widow is excellent in this. Mm-hmm. Um, Falcon mm-hmm. is great. And then, you know, that final fight sequence, there's a lot going on. The stakes are super high. Yeah, you could ask the question, why the fuck is Tony Stark not there? Why is Thor not there? But, like, putting that aside... He's building suits. He's he's too busy building suits. Yeah. Stakes are super high, but also the emotional stakes are so high. Because Cap needs to stop the Winter Soldier, but he can't kill him. Right. And just the, the emotional weight of that scene is so, so good. And Cap's basically, like, drops his shield, like, I won't fight you anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Gets the shit handed to him. Yeah. It's so good. Great score. Ugh. I know. I love that movie so much. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's just, it's, it's emotionally complex. It's complex storytelling. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just flat out there. It's the best movie. Yeah. In the MCU. And I think most people agree with that statement. Yeah. Like I, it's across the board, almost everyone's top one or at least top three. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's a movie you without having to do much explaining up front can hand to someone as a standalone thing and go watch this on your own. Yeah. I think you need to explain like what, what the whole deal with capping and the ice and stuff. But beyond that, I think it's pretty, pretty set. Great action sequence too. I think some of the best action, Mm -hmm. the car chase scene, um, the fight at the very beginning with what's his face, the kicker. Oh, Batrock, the leaper. That's the guy. Yeah. I prefer what's his face, the kicker. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I love, love, love that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Boom, we, we, we did, did it. it. And so much energy left us fair. But yeah, MCU, great franchise. Yeah, you should check it out if you haven't yet. Yeah. Also, I, I think both of our lists changed as we were talking about them, right? They did, yeah. I mean, that makes sense, though. Yeah, I think I was, it's, I think, yeah. So I think we have to both redo ours before we'll, like, we'll post yeah. them somewhere. I was uh, watching Screen Junkies, how they handled, they, they did a list pre-Endgame. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and they were, since there's more of them, they... <clears throat> made a concise list, or not a concise list, a averaged list. Okay. So everyone mm-hmm. sent in their own. Yeah. Um, and that was really interesting because then, then the conversation was arguing who dropped, you know, because one of the things was like Doctor Strange was almost like third to the bottom mm-hmm. because two people put it so low. Oh, And so okay. the people that put it high are like, hey, now let's, you know, because then it's them arguing why it should be higher on the average. Yeah. It's a really cool video. That is awesome. I'll have to go uh, check that out. And of <clears> course, <throat> like I would love to hear other people's opinions on this. I think asking everyone to rank all 22 films would be a fucking nightmare. But please do it anyway. Do it anyways. Uh, but I would love to see people send in their, like, say, top five. Yeah. I would love to see what people's top five are. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of similarities. Like like I said, basically, as we picked it up front, close in the... Yeah, our top five were basically yeah, the same. Yeah, we had the same end, same bookends. Yeah. And then, you know, some... Uh, yeah, they're... Uh, Slight interchanging of all of them, they're pretty damn close. But yeah, I'd love to 
know what other people thought yeah in terms of their list so please send your top five mcu films to yeah, us top five top three top 10 top 21 top 21 we all know what 22 would be so uh <clears throat> yeah. we are of course at tim talk pod on facebook twitter instagram and gmail yes I am at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Um, by the time you hear this, I'll have just been in Vegas with some friends from college. Yeah, maybe post a few times. Yeah, I should post something, I guess, at some point. Mm-hmm. One must, I suppose. But. Uh, and if you want to find me, you can find my art at Cameron.Dexter. And if you want to see my face and all my Japanese adventures, you can find that at CamDexter underscore adventures. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We did it. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Bye.